0: And on the line with us is Donna Bryan. Uh, Donna, what's happened to your family is unimaginable to a lot of us uh, because it involves so many ordinary family experiences that have all come together to uh, really be horrible uh, for you, cost you the life of your daughter, uh, your unborn grandchild. Could you kind of walk us through what happened, and then we'll talk about what the law should be doing about it? Yes,
1: thank you, Ed. On July 26, 2014, my daughter and her husband were visiting a friend, and he was on narcotics, methadone, law chabs, and sonoma, and he was playing with his gun um, like a cowboy, and you have to pull the trigger and pull it back to cock it when he was playing with it. And then to uncock it, you have to pretty much do the
0: same thing. When the gun went off and shot her right through the head. Oh, my God. Now, where were they when this happened? They were at home? Um, Carson
1: and Catherine were at William DeHazes' residence in Brooksville, Florida. I see. Now, mind you, there was three children in the house.
0: Right, let's let's recap. Who are all these involved? Your daughter? This is my not My daughter. The the guy who shot the gun is not your daughter's mm-hmm. husband. No. No. Okay, so let's he, clarify. Go ahead. You you set it up for us.
1: Well, William DeHaze is my daughter's husband's friend. Got it. Carson Hoover is my daughter's husband. Christine Erickson um was William DeHaze's girlfriend, and there's three children that were in the house.
0: All in the house. And they were gathered together for what? Just an ordinary hangout? This is a Sunday? Just
1: an or- ordinary Yes, hangout. just an ordinary hangout. They went over to see William's um, antique gun collection.
0: Oh, okay. Right, um, so they're supposed to be looking at an antique gun collection. And how does... The gun, I I got this through the news reports uh, from other members of the media who have kind of told me about the story, but I want to get it straight. He is twirling, this is Mr. DeHays, is twirling a gun that turns out to Mm -hmm. be loaded while he's Mm -hmm. in close proximity uh, to your daughter who was pregnant at the time. correct. Right there, I mean, it kind of shocks us a little bit. Was this, you know, I want to get the context right here. Many of us are going to hear this and go, oh, my God, what's wrong with all of these people? But uh, were they used to this kind of thing? If you're going over to see somebody's gun collection, is that lower everybody's guard? Is everybody less careful? Because I can't believe that the proximity issue with her being pregnant and all was unnoticed. Try to set the scene for us a little bit here.
1: Well, I'm not really sure that she even knew they were going over to see a gun collection. That particular day, her and her husband were alone, and I know she wanted to spend time with her husband because he works a lot. And um, they went out shopping for the baby. Right. And she had called me at 1230 and said, Mom, you're not going to like this, but I got the baby's coming home outfit. I said, oh, really? What would you get? Mm-mm. And she started laughing, and she said, I got him camouflage. <laughs> and um, it was a little joke her and I had going back and forth. And I just started laughing. I said, you're too much. And she, she was just doing the baby's theme in camouflage.
0: So it's mom. So it's mom and her mom and her daughter are having a cute little moment together. You know. In other words, it's the day starts out normally. This is a regular day. When so when does she say to you that she's going to look at the gun collection, or do you even know that she's going over to I visit? I
1: didn't even know. As far as I knew, when she hung up with me, just before she hung up, she said, "I love you, mom." I said, "I love you too." She says, "I gotta go because Carson and I are doing the nursery." So I assumed they were gonna be home the rest of the day setting up the nursery.
0: Very good. Um
1: and we were planning a big baby shower for her. It was gonna be a surprise. But we just didn't know what her theme was. Right. And that's when I found out what it was with camouflage. So now her um, husband just far-
0: so we know, her husband's name is Carson. That's your son in law at the time, right? And mm-hmm. uh, was was he a gun enthusiast, Carson? In other words, his friendship with yes. De Hayes. Ah, okay. Talk about that a little bit. In other words, guns were also around. Uh, in in addition to when Mister De Hayes had his collection.
1: No, Carson didn't have any guns with him.
0: Ah, so um, no, no guns in their house. Carson and your daughter. Well, he
1: did have he had he did have a gun in his house. He had a um a forty five, I believe, mm. and he had a um. An air rifle, whatever they call that. Right. I don't. I don't really know too much about guns, to be very honest with you. But I know they had that, um, and I know my daughter was getting a gun permit. Oh, your daughter was getting. Right.
0: You know something? You took the words right out of my mouth. Long before this tragedy, you're just not a gun gal, are you? Oh no, I'm from the north, honey. Right. You don't go for all this. You don't see them as toys and collectibles and all. You see them in a different category. I bet.
1: Uh, I see guns as weapons, not toys. Exactly. Right
0: now, you know, did, you, did you ever? Right, did you ever hear from your daughter a discomfort with this? Do you feel like she was kind of being encouraged to get her permit, or was she adapting? Yes. Uh. No, I think she was being encouraged
1: because she was um, trying to please her husband. You know, she's newly married, and she doesn't really know him that well, and he doesn't really know her that well. And, um, she was trying to please him, you know, so they'd have something in common. Another big joke she had with me was that, um, they used to kill what they ate. So she'd tease me and say, come for dinner, mom. We're having squirrels too.
0: Oh my God. Right. Right. I'd
1: be grossed out and I'd tell her, uh, no, thank you. I'll bring my own food. Right. You know, it was just a little joke that she had going with me and, um, it was it was going and we were very excited, even though she was a high-risk pregnancy because she, she had seizure problems. Um, we were very excited because she was going, you know, her and I were going to the doctors and we were getting the sonogram pictures and, you know, we had a lot of things going. She never once told me that day that she was going to see a gun collection. As far as I knew, she was doing the nursery. And then that evening, um, about six forty five I got a phone call from my husband and he said, You need to get here now I'm like, What? And he said she had been shot in the head oh. and I said, If this is a joke, it's not very funny. I said, This is, you know, not funny at all And he said, It's not a joke. And I was like, How? How did this happen? And um he just said, You need to get here now. I said, well, where are you? I don't even know where you are. And he told me they were in Brooksville and I asked him if, if she was dead and he said, no. She she was girdling and I was just like totally in shock and I guess it was five minutes later the sheriff's office called me and told me that, no, it's true. She's been shot and we're taking her to Brooksville Hospital and then they... Um, they flighted her to um, Bayonet Point Trauma Center, which was all the way back on this side of the county, because um, they were about an hour away from where we live And um, so we had to come back to get to the hospital. And when I got there, the first thing, you know, there was a security guard there who said, um, how can I help you? And I said, my daughter was just base flighted in, and she goes, oh, the pregnant girl. I said, yes, yeah. she goes, we'll stay right here. And I said, okay. And then a nurse came out and she said, follow me. But she wasn't taking me back to the emergency room. Uh
0: oh. Right. Right. She,
1: she said she was taking me to a quiet room. And that's when I got hysterical.
0: Sure. You knew at I that. Knew. You knew at that point, right? I knew. Right. Where's all the yeah. the, the work to save her? You weren't being brought to a, a scene of revival. You were being uh, brought to the side. Uh, Donna Bryan is our guest from Hernando. Are you from Hernando County? Is that is that the county that you're in there? I'm looking at some of these uh, sheriff's documents. I live documents. in Pasco County. You're in Pasco. Yes,
1: the incident happened in Hernando
0: County. I see. So, you know, this is so much to absorb all at once, but you must have, and again, I don't want to get ahead of what you thought, but you immediately must have been furious at both of these guys. This is a new husband, and this is his friend, and you're now walking down a corridor to a quiet room. Did you immediately put the two and two together, or were you in shock?
1: No, I was in shock. I was in total shock. What
0: happened when, the when you? When, yeah, came out right. Tell me.
1: And told me that um, there wasn't anything he could do. Uh, the brainstem had been severed, um, and he explained to me when the bullet went through her that there's a bunch of other little pieces that break apart and go in all different directions. And I said, "What about the baby?" And he said that the baby was born by C-section and he lived 41 minutes on his own before he died huh. and I i was just floored I was hysterical How? I don't think yeah. I really started coming to until the detective showed up and told me point blank it was an accident that's when I really really went nuts um because
0: he told me it was an accident. Now, if I can just just interrupt, I'm so sorry. I know this is very sensitive for you, but honest to God, a detective this quickly is telling you that it's an accident. You're barely absorbing the information. So you had a medical person, and you had the detective standing right there to deliver this uh, uh, conclusion that it was an accident? Yep. What did you say to the detective? Did you respond to these people?
1: Oh, I responded, but it wasn't very nice. Well, you can say and it. Well, I know what did you say? I can't say that on the yeah. air. Well,
0: you know what? Why don't you well, say it? Give me an idea of what you said. Get, let the audience understand what a mother uh, exclaims. First, you hear... Uh, she's shot, then you hear they can't save her, then you hear that the little one made it for 41 minutes and he's gone, then you hear it's an accident. I mean, this is enough for some people. You know, I don't know if they would survive hearing what you heard. What did you say? What did you think? Well, I
1: said, are you effing kidding me? I want that M blank locked up. And... I think the detective was like thrown back because I I went nuts on him. I said, My daughter's not even dead yet. And you're telling me it's an accident? Are you at your F in mind? there's no, no accidents with guns.
0: And now, originally he,
1: they told yeah, me. I was going to say, What did they
0: tell you? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Originally they told me that the gun went off when Carson and Hayes were handing it to each other. That was the original story I was told. I later found out after I was told they weren't pressing charges and ordered all of the DA's records that they had on the case. I later learned out when I watched the interview tape between the detective and the Hayes that he was twirling the gun like a cowboy. Then I was really pissed. I was exceptionally pissed. Um, Because that's not what they told me. They lied to me.
0: Right. Obviously they they lied, and that lie that they told you up front was to diminish the responsibility of the guy who did this, right? This was certainly a cover-up and no other way.
1: Oh, it's still a cover-up it's still a cover-up because he admitted in the tape to the detective. First of all, the detective treats the guy like he's a long lost buddy. Oh. And you could see on the detective's interview tape Here we go. how he is coaching DeHays into saying it was accidental. Then the De- Hayes says his very good friend, Sergeant Holbrook, who works for the sheriff's office, talk to him about it. So now I'm really upset because I feel he wasn't charged because he knew somebody.
0: Right, and you can feel the collusion. You can feel this uh, cover-up, this collusion going on right in front of you. These answers make no sense. In other words, there's no urgency to find out if something wrong was done. It looks like the opposite. It looks like somebody was afraid it was wrong, and they were going to try to smooth it over.
1: Well, they never even investigated my son-in-law. He was never even investigated, okay, because he hadn't seen this man in like three or four years. So why out of the clear blue would you go visit somebody you haven't seen in three or four years out of the clear blue that you don't even talk to? That makes no sense to me. I know several days before this happened, my daughter and her husband had an argument and he had told her to get out because she texted to me and she had packed her stuff and she couldn't get a hold of him. And then eventually he showed up home, but it was late. And, um, I was trying to contact her cause I was worried because she lived two hours away from me and I was going to go pick her up and bring her home. If he wanted her out, I was going to bring her home.
0: Right. Right,
1: and um the next morning she called me, and she said that you know he uh, wanted to make up, and of course he wanted to make up sex, and uh, he apologized for his behavior, and then uh, two days later, they go see this man, and she you
0: know, it's killed, right. Right. So, again, for those who were just joining us, Donna Bryan is on the air. Uh, Her daughter, Catherine, and her unborn grandson uh, had their lives uh, stolen from them uh, in this episode that involved somebody kind of twirling a gun near this lovely uh, pregnant girl. And I just, you know, that's the one that bothered me when I first heard about the case from Lori Zook, who's a terrific host and a terrific gal. I don't understand people who do this in in a situation like that. I could see if the two guys want to go in the other room and look at the gun collection and twirl the gun to do what they want to do. But to take out a gun in front of a pregnant gal who's not really part of the gun enthusiast crowd, I just find that uh, horribly irresponsible. And now it looks like maybe the authorities put two and two together and decided to cover for this guy dehays do you get the feeling that carson and dehays uh should have known or were these and you know i guess we got to be honest sometimes in life uh, might they have been just too dumb were they a little bit blockheadish were these not the smartest guys in the room and this kind of stupidity could have gotten the best of them? Or were they certainly smart enough, as far as you know, from what you... I know you probably don't know the Hayes fellow at all, but from what you know of Carson, was, was he smart enough to know that this could be dangerous?
1: Uh, yes, I would say yes, because if they're both NRA, uh, affiliated with the NRA and everything NRA stands for... Right. Because this is what they proclaim well if you are then I don't think you would be doing what you were doing and it's not just having it in front of a pregnant woman how about the kids that were in the house one child was only 50 feet from her okay it could have been a child not just my daughter could have been one of the kids
0: and these little ones in the house who do they belong to are these Carson's kids from another uh, marriage or this is DeHaze's kids
1: this
0: is Hayes's girlfriend's kid. Ah, okay. I so, um, Yeah, I, I, I'm starting to get the picture now, and I think the listeners are too. Um, were you able to press on the authorities at all? All right, so you got this kind of jerk of a detective who's concluding this right up front with you, kind of trying to make sure that your mind goes in one direction. What happened when you pressed on the authorities and said you wanted to know more or you weren't satisfied?
1: Um, I was just told I'd never get it before criminal court.
0: And who would say that to you? Did you go to the police or did you actually go to the prosecutor?
1: I went to Peter Magrino, the assistant state attorney. You did? Uh, Yeah, he called me and told me that they weren't going to prosecute. And then I had a meeting set up with him. December 12th which was my anniversary um, to meet with him and my husband and I went up there to meet him and a friend of mine who's an attorney also came with me and Carson went also I made Carson go and he told us straight up that um, it was not a prosecutable case it would never withhold the appellate or supreme court ruling Um, they would overturn it And I told them that was, um, bullshit. That's what I said.
0: Right. Right. I don't blame you. I had
1: already prepared a case because I had already been through the case. Um, and I was very angry at the time because we were lied to. So I had the case prepared and my friend who's a criminal attorney looked it over and said I had all my ducks in a row, but they wouldn't even listen to a word I had to say, um, the assistant state attorney wouldn't listen when I requested to see somebody over his head um, he told me there was nobody over his head and I said that's also bull because you are not the elected state attorney you're just an assistant Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so I did go to the state attorney and um, he wrote me back the same exact thing that I was told now if you look at what Peter Magrino sent me for his explanation of not prosecuting the case, you'd laugh because he never once mentions in this report that they were twirling a gun. Number one. Number two, he never mentions anything about the interview with the detective, and I call him a suspect. Um, never once does he mention this.
0: Let me let um, me let me review that just so we can all absorb it because it is it's a, there's a lot of facts here because it's, so much has happened in this case and believe me my heart goes out to you for uh, letting the public know about this but I just want to make sure we're getting it right so first thing is when you first heard about this there was no mention of the gun twirling you were told that the gun was being passed from one guy to the next and it accidentally went off. How did you become aware of this gun twirling?
1: After they told me they wouldn't prosecute, I asked for the whole case file. And because my friend uh, Bruce was with us, and he's an attorney, they said okay. And they sent it to him. And of course I got it from him, and I started reviewing everything. Because I have taken law classes, and um, so I pretty much knew what was going on when I was reading. So the did: file.
0: Did DeHayes, uh give this up to the police in an interview? Did yes. he, he did admit that Correct. he was doing that. OK. And
1: then on tape, and he, he admitted to taking methadone law tabs and Sonoma.:
0: Oh my God. 45 minutes prior to killing her.: Prior to the episode. All right, so we're, we're going to come to that in a second. What did you learn about Carson in this? First, we know that Hayes was, in fact, acting irresponsibly, and it could be reckless endangerment, which could make him responsible for your daughter's death. Uh, What did you learn Carson was doing when the gun was being twirled? Was he just standing there enjoying it? Was he not protective of your daughter and say, Hey, hey, if you're going to twirl that thing, don't twirl it in front of my pregnant wife. Uh, What do you learn about Carson's real actions? Uh, Not the ones they lied about, but what do you think he was really doing?
1: Honest to God, I don't know because he's changed the story so many times, even to the cops. I have no clue. Um, the last response I got that I heard was that he was petting their dog,
0: so he didn't see it. What what what, what 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 were his said. previous untru- Like, what was his first story? Then his second, you say he kept changing it. Uh, petting the dog yes. was his uh, last thing. In other words, he's trying to, I guess, say that he wasn't even paying attention, right? If you're pe- petting a dog, Correct. then you're not even looking. So he's trying to get himself off the hook 100%. But what was his first Correct. claim? What was, what was the first thing he said? Um, the first thing he said
1: was that they were looking at the gun that went off. Um, That was the first thing. second thing he said, he was putting it in the holster and it went off. Um, Then he said um, he wasn't really sure how it went off. He was petting the dog. Um, He wasn't paying attention. Um, All he knew was that Catherine was sitting at the table eating McDonald's.